the the celebrity couple name for Pepper and Tony is Pepperoni. Pepperoni. <laughs> it's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name's Mike Royer. And this week, Deadpool 2 gets an adult-rated soundtrack, Mike. Oh, of course. Rated Ra- R. Rated? Well, no, that's not for soundtracks, but yes. Ant-Man and the Wasp deliver a sizable trailer. Oh, Chris. <laughs> I, I, I had to work one in. I had to work one in. The DC Universe has a streaming service. Yes, it does. And more. Yeah, and you might notice a little bit more bass or maybe gravel to my voice. Uh, This is the first time in a long time I think we've recorded in the AM on my side of the country. And I don't think we've ever recorded in the AM on your side of the country because I don't know how that's feasible. We have. (laughs) I think we stayed up late enough one night. Uh, or we recorded, and I was like 12 in the morning, like midnight here, so yeah. Yeah, so I'd love to paint this like a uh, beautiful like Southern California morning picture for you where I like, you know, I'm in like a robe, I got like a, a mug of coffee and like a newspaper under my arm, but like that's not that's not me. Like I'm just like uh, curled up in the corner of my bedroom talking about superheroes, like sipping on water, and I hate coffee, so. <laughs> and, and, and I've noticed before this, Mike's a little crankier in the morning, so hopefully that, that comes out throughout. <laughs> show yeah i would say i'm a little bit sassier in the morning you know i haven't ingested anything yet haven't gotten any uh snacks or breakfast in me i mean really i just skip breakfast on the weekends and i just go straight for snacks to tide me over till lunch because prime time is lunch time for me so that's how i roll well i woke up this morning and i uh did this thing are you familiar with a weed eater or a weed whacker depending on your (laughs) well a weed eater means something totally different to me but uh i guess i do know what a weed whacker is. i forgot you're in california uh so an edge a lawn trimmer how about that we'll go with the generic term gotcha i Mm -hmm. I, we purchased a lawn trimmer friday night and um i've i got i you know when you open up a new electronic device you rip it open and you're like i want to use this right now Mm -hmm. but all the instructions say you need to charge the battery because the battery's been sitting in a box discharging since you forever you know mm-hmm. well i was like no no i'm gonna i'm just gonna go for this so i got like halfway through my house and then the battery ran out of this <laughs> electric lawn trimmer and i was like son of a bitch but i charged it up and got up this morning because it rained all day yesterday and finished the job and the full charge battery does my whole house so I, I know i don't have to worry about that but i was i've already done some some lawn work today mike i'm and and showered up and i'm ready to roll wow so. thrilling Thrilling, Chris. <laughs> I know, and I watched Spider-Man last night. Uh, my sister-in-law came over and we watched Spider-Man Homecoming because she's never seen it. Oh, wow. So well, which, I hope she liked it. You know, she, I, I, think, I definitely think she did. I think uh, <laughs> she. Uh, it was really funny because she said the most unbelievable part of the movie is whenever like Peter's asking, um, uh, what's her name, Liz to prom. And she's like, this is so <laughs> unbelievable. I'm like, are we watching the same movie? I'm like... This, but she's like, yeah, yeah, I know, it's it's fine. So I thought that was really funny. And I want to talk about that a little bit in our first topic, which oh, of course can... will be Infinity War. But did anything else go on this week? We had the Kentucky Derby here. I know some fans oh, of the show were watching. Man, um, I mean, even uh, even Derby uh, hype uh, makes it over here to the West Coast because uh, I mean, it means absolutely nothing to me and my wife. But you know, we are out running errands, and like you know, you'd run into an establishment that would have a television, and then they have the Derby on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had to swing, we had to swing by the eye doctor to pick up some. Uh, pick us some contacts and glasses and then the derby's on the eye doctor too and it's just like man people got derby fever they do um we i i, I don't get it yet i mean i lived close enough to kentucky where i had to deal with kentucky derby people or indy 500 people and they're usually in the same month and i'm like they all go fast and turn left a little bit mike it's all a big <laughs> circle whether you're on a horse or a car it really doesn't matter to me um, but uh, in our house, we we picked um, the horses for the conductor based on their name. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of us did, and I actually chose the the winner uh, just oh. on the name alone. What what was that? I don't know. <laughs> I, it justify justify because <laughs> I kept saying it. Oh, that's justify. Oh man, I would. I feel like if I was an owner of a horse, I would just go for the worst name possible because you know probably a lot of people pick horses based on names. So I would only want people picking my horse if they were trying to be ironic or they really knew their stuff i would just literally name my horse like slow as tar and just there, <laughs> there is no there were no good names this year but i did notice the first time that a horse was named after a corporate sponsor there oh was really an audible 
horse. Uh, Brought to you by like, Audible. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like that at all. <laughs> I'm like, slap some stickers on it and make it a, a, an old-fashioned NASCAR race here. Oh, like, man. That's a business we should get into, horse stickers. You know, I'm yeah. sure there's some adhesive you got to work out to put on the horse hair and everything. Uh, I, bet it's, I bet it's glue from, from the horses. Themselves. Oh, no, Chris. Oh, no. I know. I went there. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we jump into our first topic, I think it's... We got to put out our our safety warning there that this will be the last spoiler-free episode mm-hmm. of Superhero Slate for Avengers Infinity War. You know, we've given we've given you a good solid two weekends and then coming up next weekend, you know, we'll let the reins loose. So, I think that's been plenty of time to go see this movie. We're going to talk about here in a minute about how many people have gone to see this movie. So, uh, you know, w- you know, we're not going to necessarily blatantly spoil uh-huh. everything next week. But if something slips, I'm not going to feel bad. Yeah, I mean, we're at, we're at we're at the point where the news articles are even like, "Hey, this thing happened. Here's why. Or uh, here's some to, secrets behind this." Not to mention the memes. It would be hilarious to jump into a person's head who like loves these movies, but just for some freak reason hasn't been able to make it to the movie theaters, and then they're seeing some of these memes out there. They'd be like, "What does this mean? Why is SpongeBob turning in the dust and floating away?" Like, <laughs> there are a lot of SpongeBob memes with this, for this movie. There are like yeah. too many, but. We'll, we'll we'll jump into it uh, next week. So, but yeah. until then, that topic is in fact Avengers: Infinity War. Mm-hmm. And um, I was going to mention um, my my sister in law had not seen Spider Man, but has been interested in revisiting Marvel movies after watching Infinity War. So I mm. think even if you haven't seen all eighteen leading <coughs> up to it, I still think you can watch it and it'll pay off. But I enjoy the fact that people who've watched this like oh. I like these characters. I want to go back and take a look at them. So is this like the reverse of our pre-Avengers question? Like what three movies do people catch up to go see it? And then after they see the movie, what three movies should they go watch to jump back into the universe? I feel like it could be the same answers. (laughs) It it, it very well could be. I also think that maybe some of them that we thought were important maybe were not as important in Mm -hmm. Infinity War. And some that maybe were weren't. Uh, the other yeah. way, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, possibly. You know, it's funny that you did bring up Spider-Man Homecoming because I was ruminating on that movie in my head the other day, I think probably when I was stuck in traffic. Because of, of Infinity War is such a big movie. It's such a, you know, a climax and, you know, there's no character development because you don't really need to worry about any of that, uh, really just with Thanos. So, like, I was thinking back on Spider-Man Homecoming and I was like, you know, that's a really nice, isolated, just one-off movie. You know, it's almost like I would say the perfect MCU style of movie because you set up your villain based on a little bit of backstory that we've had with the movies already. So you already have like this really, uh, uh, nice motivating factor for the vulture, uh, you know, based on the invasion you, of New York. So that's think, just you built think that in. makes it isolated though, because you have have to have seen Avengers to get that reference. No, I think it's just in these new ages of these Marvel movies, it's just impossible to look at them like isolated through a microscope. You just have to look at them in, in the clout of movies that surround them. And I think Spider-Man does it like perfectly. They bring like just enough in like, oh, we're going to bring in a little bit of it to use for a backstory for our villain. And then, oh, we're going to throw in just, you know, a character, a big character from one of our other movies. But, you know, he's not going to be a big hitter. He's just going to be like delivering some exposition and chastising our hero. Then everything else is just all all new and brand new and fun. So uh, I would like to see that kind of formula used going forward for maybe if we get any uh, like new heroes or new standoff movies, you know. Uh, but I don't know. We got to wait for Ke- Kevin Feige to come out of his Feige hole to announce all of these new movies. <laughs> and I, I really don't think they will until after Avengers 4 to play it close mm-hmm. to their chest because, I mean, yeah. I think that's why they're like, we don't want to tell you who supposedly lives or dies after the Avengers 4 or who's, you know, who could... Who could appear? So I mean, I'm I'm interested to see that, but I I'm, I know we've got to wait. We've got to wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but as always, our box office update, Mike. We have to tell you that this is the fastest movie to one billion dollars. I mean, ever. I'm not gonna say I'm a genius and predicted it, but I I, I saw I saw the smoke signals around Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, and then um, it's currently at one point one six billion uh, after eleven days, I think, maybe mm-hmm. ten days, and um. It could possibly crack. Uh, it will probably beat the Avengers one, which is one point five billion total mm-hmm. run. I don't know if it'll crack two billion, but man, this movie has got some uh, immediate legs. We'll have to see when Deadpool and Star Wars come out, but uh, I, I think I think it's uh, safe to say they they made a little money on this. Um, <laughs> 
the Russo brothers have gone to say that the production cost for these movies, Avengers 3 and 4, were around $400,000 a day to keep them up and going on pace. Oh my god, that's 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 astounding. It really makes me wonder if one single director could have handled a movie like this. I think it is almost beneficial for ha- having two directors on a film. Um, I was at a uh, like just like a random like industry Hollywood like a Q&A out here like maybe a year or two ago. I really don't remember what it was, uh, but we go to these things often mm-hmm. for my wife uh, for uh, writing. And I, I asked the question of, you know, when you have like two, like a writing, like writing partners or directing partners, you know, do they get more money or do they just split the commission down the middle? And I was kind of surprised to, to learn that they really don't get paid more money. Like if you, if you choose to be a directing pair or a writing pair, like you don't command uh, a bigger p- contract necessarily, you have to still split that money. But I guess just the job is technically easier for you because you got a writing partner. But I think for someone like the Russo brothers now, now. I think they definitely can command more money because it's just like, hey, you got these big giant franchise movies that have to deal with like 20 different characters and all these different contracts and uh, I think you're going to need two of us and you're going to pay us a lot more money than you would have if you just had one director. Well, also, I mean, the writing pair was a, a writing people was a pair of people as well mm-hmm. um, who've been around since the beginning and they've, they've kind of wrote their own checks. That they, I mean, they, they did the work to get to where they were, so um, no doubt about that. But apparently, even with this production cost around four hundred thousand dollars a day to get there, they still went over budget on this movie because <laughs> it's just it's just inevitable. Eventually, you're going to run out of money, and there's a lot going on. Um, but I, they also confirmed they shot for a year straight from January to January, wow. with only about two weeks in between the shoots uh, off. Ooh. So um, I'm very excited to see where Avengers Four takes us. Yeah, I think uh, I think some of these characters are going to be ready to retire from the MCU after this uh, slog of a schedule. And I wonder if maybe that's how they kind of pitched it to him too. It's just like, hey guys, I know this is going to be a crazy like next two years, but you know these are your last two movies. We're paying you a ton of money. Everyone's going to be sad to see you go, uh, but it's going to be a fun time. So don't necessarily buy a house in Georgia because maybe you won't be in the MCU anymore after this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or they could with all the money they made. So yeah, I guess it doesn't even matter. They're like, yeah, screw it, we'll buy and then just sell a year later. I mean, I think they all know who's coming back for like the next, I think what they say, eight years. So, I mean, oh, man. they probably met with the people who need to stay and like, hey, maybe we want you back for a, an Iron Man version of, of Spider-Man like you kind of talked about. But I'm mm-hmm. um, also interested to learn that Black Panther's still in theaters and it came in at number six this week, still making in that money for Black Panther, the solo movie. Yeah, it's like it's that. Uh, what are the what are the corporate uh, drones call it? Synergy. Yeah, <laughs> I think I I think I read somewhere that it got a little bit of a bump when Infinity War was coming out. Like you know, obviously the, it made a bunch of money and it was like trending downward, like all movies do when they are about to leave the theaters. But then it's just like, oh, another Marvel movie, bump tick. <laughs> well, I mean, I would like to see the. I mean, I guess you don't have to, but the watching Black Panther in theater and swapping right on over to Infinity War would be pretty fun. Oh, that would be cool. Um, but, I mean, it's still up there. It's number six. Um, and there's a couple movies in between. I think Rampage is still in there. That remake of Overboard is out there. And oh, God, that The, the Amy Schumer movie <laughs> I know you're really excited for. Uh, so, they're still out there. So, that's great. Marvel's still making some money. Black Panther still has... More money overall, I think it's at like 1.3 billion. So mm-hmm. I think Infinity War will catch up to it this week, but uh, it had a really good run. It had a really good run. Oh yeah. So the next thing I want to talk about is Avengers Four and my theory here because there is a new, not a new, an older comic series from the 90s called Avengers Forever. I think mm-hmm. it was in the late 90s it came out, and it has now, as of this week, been added to Comicsology for some reason. Oh, I see. So you're doing a little, like, investigative journalism here. A little bit. A little bit. But I also think the title, Avengers Forever, is a hell of a title for the fourth movie. Oh, Avengers Forever. And it also kind of sounds like a four. It's like Fast and the Furious right there. (laughs) Yeah. They don't have to put the four in there. They don't have to make the A into a four. Um, (laughs) It's already right there. Uh, I, I think just to, I don't remember about what was kind of going on in that. I mean, I don't think it'll follow the plot line, but of all the stupid Avengers sequel titles they've come up with, I like it better than Infinity Gauntlet or anything like that. Like, mm. I, I think um, it would definitely be a, a better title. So, I, I don't know. What do you think about if they, they made that title? 
yeah, it's not bad. Avengers Forever. I mean, I don't know. I kind of like the the idea that we toiled around with a couple weeks ago with uh, Avengers Annihilation. It just sounds a lot more intense to me. Uh, so I don't know if they would even follow that storyline or whatever this forever storyline is here, but Kevin Feige has told us that we will be underwhelmed when we hear this title because it's been hyped up a little bit too much. So, you know, I'm trying to temper my expectations. I just, I just think Annihilation sounds more like the end of the line, and I don't think the next one is going to be the end of the line. Like, I, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be more character building. I, I don't know. Um, because there's a lot of characters we didn't see, and I I, we, I think we'll, we're going to see those. So um, I don't know, but so it's the first time on digital. I don't think it'll be called four number four ever. I think Pokemon did that one time. <laughs> I don't think it'll be that, but I just yeah, I don't know. I thought it was kind of interesting and and a, a good title in my book. If I was to like, yeah, it's underwhelming. It's not what the best thing in the world, but this is acceptable in my book. Well, you heard it here first, Chris. So if you're right. You'll get all the points. That's right. And I'll forget about this by next year. So if somebody <laughs> super fans want to write this down, let us know. Um, now, the other question is, I've been watching S.H.I.E.L.D. Have you been watching mm-hmm. S.H.I.E.L.D.? Uh, I have seen everything except the episode that just aired Friday. So I'm one episode behind. Okay. I think I'm like two now. I, I keep losing track of that it comes on on Friday. Mm-hmm. And other shows are Sunday and Tuesday. I'm like, I don't know where any of my shows are right now. <laughs> Um, but will do you think Infinity War will affect Agents of Shield's finale, which is coming up in I think two weeks? So I have been thinking about this. Um, so first of all, we don't know if Shield is getting another season. So that's that's still a big question. Uh, if if we knew for a fact that Shield wasn't going to get another another season, they could easily not write any uh, of the MCU into their finale just because mm-hmm. uh, they wouldn't have to worry about moving forward. But we had talked about reports about how even though the last episode is called The End, they say that there could be a possibility that it could go into another season. So let's just assume uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is getting another season. Um, I think that they could ride it out until at least the season premiere. Maybe they could tease it a little bit in the season finale. But, you know, based on the timing, I think I think it's fine if things kind of happen just a little bit before because we technically don't know when Avengers Infinity War happened, at least right now. Uh, but usually things are supposed to be a little continuous running along the present timeline. But if it did go forward, it would be really badass, I think, no spoilers, if they did incorporate what happened at the end of Infinity War because uh, I don't think Ant-Man's going to do it. I think it's official, officially stated that Ant-Man is before that timeline. No, and nothing's, then, nothing's official on that, but go on. But, and then Captain Marvel is in the 90s, and yeah, maybe at the very end, like the third act or the post credit scene, it might jump back into the future. Uh, but I don't. it doesn't seem like we're going to have any sort of uh, movie or narrative that's going to play with this kind of this shift and rift in the world and the universe. Uh, so it would be kind of cool if Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. just went balls to the wall and ran with it. Because that's kind of what they've been doing this whole season. I mean, free, they went to the future. They came back to their own timeline. They're running all around. They're trying to like keep this timeline from happening where they were. It's been really crazy. And it, I think it just goes to show that like nothing's off the table for them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, I would love to see them play with this for almost like... Because they could play with it for the entire season, you know. And it'd be... But at the same time, usually when a big wrench is thrown into them... Uh, usually they do their best to try to fix it. So I guess they would kind of just be, uh, it would just be a passive experience for them. And they wouldn't really be able to take like um, a proactive um, charge towards mm-hmm. trying to, you know, uh, write their world. So yeah, I don't well, know. It would be, it'd be a weird, it'd be a weird thing to play with. So I think there are two things here that I would like to see them play with in, in the next season if possible. Um, with the next th- two episodes left of S.H.I.E.L.D., I-, I think they could reference it, but I don't think it's going to affect them in the long run. Um, but if they did, yeah, if they get renewed, yeah. But we have the idea of Wakanda opening itself up to the world. Mm-hmm. So introducing Wakandan tech into S.H.I.E.L.D. would be interesting. Mm-hmm. And also dealing with the ramifications of this big global thing. And and does does the world need S.H.I.E.L.D. after this thing anymore? Yeah, you know? yeah. it will be hard to... Um... It's hard to talk about without spoiling it, so maybe we'll table it and we'll come back to this uh, next week and we'll talk about more think, in full. I think maybe two weeks. I think wait till the finale. I think uh, okay. We, let's just wait two weeks. We don't need to talk about it every week, but let's see. I think I I don't know. 
it's we'll very like it's a, up in the air. Yeah, so we'll, we'll do like almost like a post mortem yeah. on Agents of Shield, and hopefully, uh, so the upfronts for all of our television networks are coming up here in the month of May. So I would believe maybe by the time the finale airs, we will know if we're going to get another season. So yeah, we'll I think, do like I think a, they'll have to know to put in that final like Agents of Shield. We'll see you next season kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, so we'll we'll do like a whole retrospective on Agents of Shield uh, in two weeks. Then yeah, sounds we'll, like a good idea, Chris. Yeah, we'll pull that up. So uh, in that regard, you mentioned Ant Man and the Wasp. We don't know where it sits yet, but it's probably safe to say it's it's before Infinity War. Um, uh-huh. But uh, we got a new trailer for it this week, Mike. A, a official trailer number two, whatever we want to call it. It's a new trailer, mm-hmm. um, and I've got to say, had a good time with this one. I really enjoy the action going on in this. I, they're, they're getting really creative with the powers. I think the first one was very safe. In what they were doing, and this one is like, hey, how can we up the size-changing abilities and powers we got for these characters? And I think I think I really enjoyed this trailer, Mike. What do you think? Uh, I mean, trailer-wise, this is much better. I mean, you could flash back to the first trailer for Ant-Man 2, and we talked about it on the show. And I think I was like, this was the first time I've seen a bad Marvel trailer. Uh, I still think this movie is going to be good, and this trailer uh, gives me a lot better hope. Uh, we're not really relying on like the black and white flashback for Civil War, which is would be really weird in context now because Civil War almost seems like an ancient relic after watching Infinity War. So I'm glad we don't have any of those flashbacks. I didn't particularly like the the music choice in the first trailer. This one's a little bit more fun. Uh, and then also, I love just the size comparison. We're going from uh, we're going from big to small, from 65 feet down to like uh, just maybe microns in like this uh, small micro universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really, uh, what am I trying to put my finger on here? Oh man, it's early in the morning over here yeah. for me. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, go ahead. What I, what I mean, what I like is again they they make reference that again the wasp is not a sidekick; she is a full fledged partner in this. She uh-huh. can hold her own. I really enjoy, like, I mean, the size stuff is going to, like, I think blow our minds because they probably yeah. got a little more money, a little more faith in this. And I, we've seen the ghost in this a little more than we saw in the first one, her phasing abilities where she mm-hmm. can go through matter. All right. I remembered the go two on. things I was going to say, Chris. Go on. So I was trying to think back really hard to the first Ant-Man movie, which was difficult because I think before we hopped on the show, I tried to remember the last time I watched Ant-Man. But I don't want to say the first Ant-Man movie is a slow-paced movie, but it does take a while until we get into kind of, you know, full-fledged Ant-Man jumping around doing tiny people things. And we never see him get large. So it feels like in this movie, since we've had all of that established, we're just going to see, like, we're just going to see, like, non-stop sizing fun action this whole movie, which I'm really looking forward to. And also, you bring it around to Ghost. I'm really curious how supervillains and superheroes get made now in the MCU. Uh, you know, just because when, when we're not doing kind of like science-based stuff, we kind of have to go into almost like pseudoscience a little bit. So I'm curious how Ghost gets her powers because Ant-Man has his powers from technology and the Ghost, I don't know if Ghost gets her powers from like a suit that she's wearing or maybe, I have a feeling she probably gets caught up in some sort of like explosion and that makes her phase through stuff. So it's probably just going to be some sort of science explosion that gives her her powers. But yeah, I always like seeing how the MCU you can like create and give people powers because it's a creative writing exercise. We had to give the Maximoff twins powers through like a random infinity stone that was like the mind stone, which doesn't really make sense for the type of powers that they have. But they're just like, screw it, we don't have mutants. So <laughs> I like well, seeing how you give people powers when you can't just say, oh, they're a mutant. Well, I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, to make everyone mutants would just be, I, I think, the stupidest thing ever, honestly, because I think it's too easy. But what I think is going to happen with her, and, and I was actually going to talk about this, is I think they're going to go, like, she's going to get stealing something, she's going to try to steal something, get caught of them going down to the quantum realm, because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they talk about Hank Pym looking for his wife, who did not make an appearance in this trailer, by the way. But she makes an appearance on the poster. She does. But I think when she, uh, when they come back, maybe uh, she's stuck with some of those quantum realm abilities, because maybe her suit wasn't you know, rated to deal with that kind of stuff. Mm, um, possibly. But because, I mean, her, at least it's a different villain. It's not a shrinking villain like the first one was. So um, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing what they can kind of do with scope and scale. Um, it looks like Michael Pena is taking a more advanced role in this movie uh, because everybody loves him. So hopefully <laughs> he's not just screaming with it like, like a madman most of the film. 
No, that's what I want him to do. <laughs> I, I guess. I, I liked his other ones where he was telling the story about the story about the story kind of thing. I'm sure we'll get some sort of variation on that. I bet I bet, I bet. bet Stan Lee's in one of those again. He was really good in the first one. But uh, I gotta like it. And then also at the end of the reveal that uh, Lawrence Fishburne played uh, or was part of the Goliath Project, which is um, Bill Foster was the Goliath, the giant man uh, of his era I guess so it'd, it'd be really cool to see kind of like two giant men fight each other because I could see all the type of Godzilla jokes that could be told or King Kong stuff that could happen yeah do you think I mean we saw him grow large in the water do you think there's a reason he's actually out in the the, the I guess the San Diego Bay area yeah I mean I guess he was I mean he was in front of a boat maybe he was same with the people on a boat there's lots of boat action that happens in the MCU nowadays they're cranking it up a nautical notch <laughs> yeah got to got to do some water so um yeah but so I mean that's that's I I mean I liked it I like this trailer uh, the only thing I don't get is the ant on the drum kit <laughs> I, again I I, figured I can't you believe would, it, I figured it you would have the biggest took complaint us this long with that. I mean it just happens so quickly uh, I, I love it. Is it, <laughs> is, is it one of those shots just for the trailer to get people I don't know. like, what's going on here? It's just so weird. Um, I, it's just like, okay, I guess it's somewhat believable that could, they could have, like, a giant pet ant, you know, because that was left over from the first movie. But, like, the fact that it, like, is now, like, smart and drumming, it's just like, I don't understand it, well, but I love it. It doesn't – maybe it's not smart. Maybe they gave uh, the, the, the family one of those little ear communicators for the ants. <laughs> slave drum for me <laughs> yeah they're like hey i need someone to to drum while i play the guitar kind of thing i don't, I don't know I, don't... I think i i mean i know this is a big deal and a lot of people are talking about this ant but it might be sentient because i think it's wearing headphones and why would you wear headphones on an electric drum kit if you were being told to do it because wouldn't the person controlling the ant want to hear the electric drums as well huh huh i have no idea no <laughs> that, that, i don't i don't i didn't I don't see this at all. I don't know. Did I don't know the, ant. I don't know ant biology, so I can't. But doesn't yes, this uh, doesn't this ant have like a name? Isn't it like a number? This I, one. This one. I don't know if this one was. This one seemed to be like a random one that was in the the house battle. Because I it was named after the other one was Antony. Was the only one that had a name. Oh, oh yeah, and then he died. Yeah. So yeah. thanks, thanks. Now you now you bring up that. <laughs> so Ant Man of the Wasp trailer two coming out in July. Our next Marvel movie on the horizon. Uh, from Marvel, at least. So we'll we'll talk about another Marvel property movie here in a minute. Black Widow, the solo movie. Marvel has reportedly met with at least sixty five directors on this film, trying to get very thorough, trying to trying to be <laughs> do this movie right. I think. I like how you did the math though, because all of the headlines I saw last week were like five dozen directors, because you know they're trying. I guess make it sound like more, but you're just like, nope. I'm going to do the math over here at Superhero Slate give you 65 directors uh, yeah. that's a lot of directors but i don't really have any comparison i don't know how how many they usually go through i would assume that this is a higher than average number um but i guess they're really trying to get it right and um that's good because uh black widow's been in the mcu since nearly the beginning what 2000 uh 2010 and 2010 yeah so she's she's a, a real legacy character and if she's going to get her own solo movie it's really got to you got to do her justice because she's she's a senior member of the avengers she deserves an awesome movie um i hope it's not a prequel type movie uh i think you mentioned that last week uh i, I want to be moving forward with this character so I'm curious what the what they'll make her do it's got to be kind I'm of pretty a sure little... you said you wanted a prequel and i said no don't do that. I don't know. You know what? As uh, as you can tell out there on the Twitterverse, uh, half of what I say doesn't make any sense, and I'm always wrong. So <laughs> I got to say, I do love our listeners for pointing that out, especially friend of the show, Quentin Parker, who holds nothing back. Yeah, so, holds nothing back, and I'm going to fight him. <laughs> but, but, but it's fun to know that people out there listening, getting frustrated in their real-life work and doing things in real life at you, Mike. They're like, well, I've got to stop work to, to yell at Mike for a second. So I'm Trying to rile people up, man. Yeah, you're trying to do something. Deadpool <laughs> 2 has some music news here. I don't know how else to put this. There's no way to do it. <laughs> so first and foremost, there's a new Celine Dion song called Ashes. And it is on the Deadpool soundtrack. And um, the the the, so the soundtrack with all the, the normal songs on it. <laughs> and uh, they have a music video where a Deadpool in high heels comes out and does some interpretive dance with it. <laughs> Yeah, um, I have. I it's um it's very entertaining to see the suit 
kind of matched up with high heels because it doesn't look like just uh, Ryan Reynolds slipped on high heels. It's almost like been made by the costume department. So I thought that was kind of cool. And I don't think that's Ryan Reynolds in not. that suit. <laughs> that's yeah. That's got to be like an interpretive, like classically trained dancer doing that. But um, I, I kind of look at this as more of like just kind of like a review of the Deadpool marketing team. So I feel like they had an uphill battle this time around because they got so much praise from the first time the movie came out because it was new and original type of like marketing, just kind of just doing a bunch of weird stuff and it really paid off. So this time around, I feel like they got more money to market it. So they're trying to go bigger, elevated a little bit, but they're still trying to keep it weird. But I feel like I've seen less stuff. In my, from my point of view, I don't know if just less people are sharing it and it's just not going quite as viral just because Deadpool's not as like new and, and exciting anymore. I'm sure the movie's still going to be great, but um, when I was watching this music video, I almost thought it would be more entertaining if it was just released as a Celine Dion music video, no Deadpool anywhere in the title of it, and then all of a sudden, like maybe 30 seconds into the music video, you start to see like Deadpool crop up, because it's such a weird juxtaposition, but um, yeah, you know right away that Deadpool's going to pop up in the music video, but I guess if you have to review the song, it, it sounds like a... The Celine uh, Dion song. It sounds like a properly performed Celine Dion song. Well, I can't well, imagine a lot of people are uh, Celine Dion fans and also Deadpool fans. <laughs> well, I think that's, that's the beauty of this. If they can get Celine Dion to to contribute a song to Deadpool 2, because <laughs> this is a new Celine Dion song. This is not an old Celine Dion song. Oh, yeah. She whipped up something new for these boys. Um, but at the end of it, it's Ryan Reynolds saying, you know, hey, you're too good. We need to bring <laughs> this down to like a five. Like, this is not Titanic. This movie is not that good. So we need you to, 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 to tailor it back a little bit, which <laughs> I thought was very funny and, and you know, self-referential. And while, again, you, you say the marketing is not maybe up there, but I think if you tried to do the same, capture the same lightning in a bottle from Deadpool 1, they'd probably yeah, you, just shoot themselves in the foot. Yeah, you just can't. And, um, yeah, no, and, no, uh, no ill will towards the marketing team, but it's just interesting to see how it compares to, you know, a couple years ago. Well, I also think it's interesting is also uh, the non-score soundtrack was fully revealed with this, and there's a lot of songs in here of all types of, of I guess, genres and, um, I guess, years. And what I think is funny is, you know, that how big, a, uh, I guess, a bigger role music is playing in this movie maybe that we don't realize yet. Mm-hmm. Um, because we've got, you know, Celine Dion, uh, we've got, uh, DJ shadow run the jewels and it jumps right into Peter Gabriel <laughs> to share to Dolly Parton, to air supply, Pat Benatar, then right back to Skrillex. Like, <laughs> I don't know what's going on here, but I'm very interested to see how this all plays off in the movie. Um, and I think in, in one of them, he was, well, I forget what song when they listened to was it all out of love at the beginning when he jumps in the car in the taxi with Dopinder at the beginning. so Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> so that, that's very interesting. I've listened to this um, at work, and people are probably like, what the what kind of hell playlist is Chris listening to today? Because this is all over the place. You just look at him straight in the face, and you say, I'm I'm cultured, you son of a bitch. Leave me alone. That's right. I'm prep, And this is homework for my next <laughs> movie-going experience. Um, but as of today, the instrumental for the first album was revealed and it is the first instrumental album to receive a parental advisory sticker. <laughs> yes, you cannot buy this at your Walmart. You're going to have to go out to your FYEs or your Suncoast videos and buy this thing. Um, and I, we were able to pull up one of the songs. You can find it here from billboard.com. It is a song from Tyler Bates who actually did the, the music for uh, Guardians and Guardians 2 called You Can't Stop This Motherfucker. <laughs> and it is yeah, a, more a, choice wor- more choice words sung in opera inside of them in the side of the song. <laughs> that's right. So it is um like you mentioned like kind of like a Gregorian chant song. You mentioned Game of Thrones vibe, mm-hmm. and and it, it's like uh, it's like what, what it says fighting bad guys or something fighting dirty bad guys. Um, it's something about um something along the lines of you can't oh, stop the juggernaut. <laughs> yeah, you can't stop him. He's a juggernaut. Holy shit balls is, is one of them. It's it's again parental advisory there. It's there's a bunch of language, but it is hilarious. So if you want to pick this up and listen to it, I'm like, oh, they're actually going meta with the music. Like this is breaking fourth wall on the music level yeah. as well. And it's it sounds like we might see the juggernaut in this movie. I don't know if that's supposed to be a subtle reveal or hint. I feel like I've seen uh, a headline somewhere that mentioned the Juggernaut might be in the movie, but I probably looked away very quickly. Maybe it was like tied to a TV spot or something. But well, there's been yeah. rumors. There's nothing revealed, nothing uh-huh. official for that other than this. But 
he could be on that train thing that they're transporting mutants in, which is where he was in, I guess, in X-Men 3 as well. Um, again, Juggernaut was supposed to be in first class, but they replaced him with uh, the um, Quicksilver scene. He was supposed to be going to break Magneto out in first class. Uh-huh. So they're trying to bring the Juggernaut in here. Uh, what I also enjoy is we have the full track list here. It's very hard to find this full track list. Now they've taken a lot of it offline. But, um, you know, there is there is a song called Holy Shit Balls and <laughs> Make the Whole World Our Bitch. Pity Dick. That's also from the trailer. Man, we're going to have to do an explicit warning on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're just reading the news here, folks. Hey, we're, this is all. This is in our language. We didn't choose this. Uh, <laughs> of course, the, his phrase, maximum effort, uh, cable flashback. I mean, I don't know if any of these are in any certain order, but um, I'm des- definitely looking forward to see some of these play out. <laughs> So uh, you can check that on our on our show notes. I think I had to go to like probably ten sites to find this. So I feel feel proud of us, Mike. Good job, Chris. Uh, also confirmation plus I guess good news. T.J. Miller will not be back for the X Force movies as Weasel again. Uh, <laughs> Toilet he, flush he, sound effect. His career. Yeah. <laughs> like well, like I said, when he goes from the meh emoji to the poop emoji really fast in in real life. <laughs> Um, but I don't think, you I mean, he, I don't think they need him for X-Force, but if they do a Deadpool 3, um, I don't think they'll bring him back for that either. Yeah, I, I, I think, uh, Deadpool 3 doesn't sound like it's going to happen. Yeah. That, I mean, that's Ryan Reynolds saying that. Like, he's like, I don't know if I want to do a, a Deadpool 3, but I mean, I wouldn't, he, he's a smart guy. I don't think he's going to be like, yes, we have to do Deadpool 3 before two comes out, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Cause I think. If you want to negotiate your contract for more money, um, you, you want to play. You want to play it close to the chest. Yeah, and if if Ryan Reynolds ever decides that he wants to officially retire from the character, um, which I guess would be fine, it would be his choice. Uh, they definitely wouldn't recast him. I think they would do something like maybe like a Lady Deadpool movie, something like that. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of different Deadpools you can do out there. Um, Ultimate Deadpool was different. I mean. Uh, I mean, I'm kind of sad the cartoon Deadpool's kind of gone away. That would have been really fun to yeah. see that one. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I think um, he if he's gonna if he's saying no Deadpool three, he's just knows Disney will be the one in charge of that contract, and he's playing that close <laughs> to the chest because Disney has the money to pay him what he what he deserves for Deadpool. That's Fox, true. they're, they're kind of jerks. So, uh, according to the directors, the Russo one of the Russo brothers, I forget which one. Apparently, Venom is not in the MCU right now. Um, again, I, I'm pretty sure they don't have the ability to say yes or no right now, but we'll probably find out more closer to October on <laughs> if he is or is not. So, I mean, I, I get like, I don't, it doesn't, it, to me, it doesn't matter what anybody says. Even if Kevin Feige said Venom is not in the MCU, it's just like, well, then why is Sony making this? It's, it's almost just like, you can't undo it. It's like, cause you have this whole like split custody relationship it's it's like saying the uh spider-man's about to get like a stepdad and it's just like uh-uh then it's like the real dad saying like uh that spider-man does not have a stepdad it's just like well there's nothing you can really do about it so if sony wants to make these movies they're kind of technically tied to the mcu a little bit because the through line is spider-man and if well, the but, audience but you're, you're, if the you're audience loves spider-man's in venom like spider-man has nothing to do with this as they, of right now they said he's going to, and even if he wasn't, it would be dumb for Sony not to some somehow dovetail Tom Holland into this movie at least a little bit because, I mean, that's box office dollars right there. But anyway, even if, if the audience loves Venom, loves Tom Hardy, loves this rendition, I mean, it doesn't matter what Disney's going to say. They're going to bring – they would bring him in no matter what if, the, if they get a good reaction from the audience. They're probably just hedging their bets a little bit because they're like, oh, if this movie bombs, we can just hmm. easily like just <laughs> brush it under the rug. I mean, I don't think Venom's in the, in the MCU any more than Deadpool is or any X-Men is. So, I mean, they can totally have him separate and be like, no, we don't need him. We can do we, – we, we're not even – gonna touch venom for another 20 years and by then you know what will this even matter so to me it, it's fine if he's not if he they want him to be in there it's cool but i i don't think they're going to i think they're just gonna be like nope we're just gonna let him do their own thing for a little bit um but well again i don't think we'll know until october i think when it comes out will be the definitive answer like is it or is it not kind of thing I think it would be after the box office performance. That's when we'll really know. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think, I don't think Marvel will retroactively bring somebody in. That would be my only thing. They have to do it now or never. 
So I think we'll know in the movie that they're they're not going to retroactively pump Venom into the MCU kind of thing because he's taking place in San Diego where um, I guess Aim and the Wasp are set some other movies. So uh, I, I I again I feel like we're going to know that day of when it comes out. Also, I forgot to mention Deadpool two um, is doing early screenings, but all of them seem to be filled up. Mike, did you get tickets or no? Uh, no man, those things uh, crop up so fast, and yeah. they just uh, they just go away like dust. <laughs> I didn't I didn't get any because I didn't have it in my my town. So they hate they hate the Midwest for sure. Solo tickets are now on sale. Mike, did you get yours? They went to they went on sale on May the fourth. Be with you. No, this is with you. <laughs> this is just a great uh, description of the way Disney does business uh, because I I was thinking to myself. You know, I don't think I need to see this movie on a Thursday night. You know, I feel like I can wait. And then um, I was like, oh, is that going to be bad for the box office? You know, that, you know, if even me, like a big fan of all this nerd stuff, decides that he can wait to go see Solo. But then I bought my tickets for like Saturday morning. You know, yeah. all I did was just shift me a couple hours. I was, And I think mainly because... I don't think there's anything in this movie that can really be spoiled, you know? Like, I know Han and Chewie aren't going to die. It's just going to be like a kind of like just this one-off Star Wars adventure that I think I can just wait until Saturday morning to go see because, you know, we're going to review it. We're going to talk about it on the show, so I got to go see it no matter what. So I was like, I feel like this would just be a better theater-going experience if I just stroll in just nice and easy and casually, don't have to fight the evening traffic to get over to my theater. So, yep, I got my tickets for Saturday morning. Cool. Uh, right now, it's projected at a uh, $175 million opening weekend. Um, so that's also Memorial Day weekend. I didn't realize this. So that's actually like a longer weekend for them as well. Um, no. But uh, ticket uh, ticket sales are out. The pre-sales are doing better than Black Panther. What? But, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pre-sales are doing better than Black Panther. It says Star Wars. People are going to buy the tickets yeah, regardless. I, I guess. But I think Black Panther had better legs than Han Solo is probably going to mm, The legs. The legs are always the if, secret when it comes Black to If Black Panther office. is number six in the box office against its own movie, Infinity <laughs> War, you know it's doing well on its 12th weekend here. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's out on digital. You can buy it on digital right now, I'm pretty sure, right? Or this uh, week. Yeah, I think, it, yeah, it's coming out. Yeah, And di- then S- Solo's also going to have to compete against uh, Jurassic World not long after it, which would be a huge box office draw. Yeah, so I think I think Solo will probably do well opening weekend, but I, th- I think we're going to see some dips versus, you know, returning Deadpool customers, Jurassic World customers. The summer really kind of opening up fully right then and mm-hmm. there. So um, I, th- I think it's gonna be fine. I've got I've got opening day tickets. I didn't get the the fan early screening. I went with my reserve seating, so I know I can just roll in, sit down, be good. So um, yeah, I'm actually more excited for this than I I was um, Rogue One, and this is tracking higher than Rogue One did as well. Yeah. So well, look at look at my instincts totally being flushed down the toilet like T.J. Miller's I mean, career. You, it, it's it's cool. <laughs> you can have what you need to have. I just uh, I think we're just in it so much, and we just know too much about the production of this movie yeah, that we are we more panicked than everybody else. A change in we, directors, everything just wrapping up like a two weeks ago. Like we tend to know too much all the time, which uh, probably negatively affects our theater going experiences sometimes. Yeah. So knock on wood for Han Solo, the Solo experience. Mulan, the live-action movie, I'm going to throw this on here because I thought this was interesting. The live-action Mulan movie is to have a massive production scale, close to a $290-plus million budget. Ooh, dang. That is... I mean, that's that's close to, like, Avengers-level budget there. Yeah. You know, throw in the marketing. I mean, there's no reason that this doesn't reach, like, $500 million like some of these other big movies. They must expect this movie to do really good. I don't know if we have a release date for it, but I would assume that this is either going to be early summer or, like, December. Let me pull up here. I'm pretty sure that March... It's actually March 2020. There yeah. Which is when Beauty and the Beast came out, and it did you know mm. big numbers at the box office and that's a big i wonder if that's just a, a ton of special effects or what the deal is but yeah that's a big ass budget i mean <laughs> disney's got the money so yeah i mean i'm kind of curious i'm trying to search up here the box office numbers for the um the live action disney movies just to kind of see what's going on here um beauty and the beast uh total gross i think this is domestic here um is half a billion dollars for beauty and the beast uh, what was what's another live action they've done? Uh, 
was the one you didn't see? Was that uh, uh, the Jungle Book would probably be the second one, right? Jungle Book. Let me see. Jungle Book was three hundred sixty-four million, which is it's, these are top sixteen for Disney overall. So, mm-hmm. oh, and um, do you consider Alice in Wonderland a live-action reimagining? I can't. Uh, I I think they didn't really start doing the live-action stuff until what was it? Snow White. Um, I think there was a was it Cinderella. Cinderella, uh, Cinderella was, uh, was the first one with twenty from twenty fifteen. I feel, but that wasn't called Cinderella. Was, was yeah, it wasn't. Have like, yeah, it was, I don't even. I don't even remember. You're that thinking movie. the Snow White one would have been Male- was it Maleficent? Mm, but that yeah. wasn't. But that wasn't. A, that was like a a reimagining of the villain. No, they did. The, didn't they do Snow White, then Maleficent, then like Snow White and the Huntsman? I don't. Or was think it that, Snow White and the Huntsman? No, it was Snow White. It was Snow White and the Huntsman, Maleficent, and then they just did like a Huntsman movie. Well, well Snow White. Snow White. That's not Disney. Those aren't oh. the Snow White ones. Aren't Disney because that's. In, I can't keep track of any of this nonsense, Chris. I've only <laughs> seen one of these movies, which was Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, the the the, the Snow White um, movies. That's in public domain, so those were created by a different studio. Um, but Cinderella was the first one, and it's the smallest with at fiftieth place out of all of Disney overall. Um, including Marvel and Star Wars, but uh, they're only getting higher on this list. So I feel like they're like, oh yeah, Mulan's definitely gonna make. I mean, make I'm, money for us. I'm not trying to drill this all down to just to race, but I would assume that they think this movie's gonna make a lot of money in China. I mean, that's. I mean, this whole movie is about. I I, I don't want to say the history of China, but it's about like you you know that you know ancient times in China. Uh, I would think that the audience would love that type of movie you know yeah no i mean i i, I definitely agree and uh, disney's catering to a global audience now more so mm-hmm. than they used to so um yeah i guess I, that makes me feel a little better about mulan um since they they are changing the story from the animated series so yeah. well we already got our seswan sauce back so i don't know exactly what that we're sucked for that sucked yeah. so hard let me tell yeah. you about, let's talk about disappointment the seswan yeah. sauce i was at mcdonald's last night and i tried out their uh chicken tenders and i did not get the szechuan sauce i went with sweet and sour which is much better so did you try the szechuan sauce uh, yeah, I've tried it before. Okay. It just tastes like salty soy sauce. It's soy sauce <laughs> and honey, man. That's all it is. Yeah. It's not even... Uh, I'm not, they're not going to talk about it. So <laughs> to hell with you Rick and Morty fans who ruined Szechuan sauce for the rest of the world. Uh, Teen Titans Go to the Movies has a, the first trailer come out this week. This is going to be a weird movie, man. <laughs> and let me tell you, I had a great fucking time watching this. <laughs> I loved all the references and all the pop culture jokes and jabs and everything from Marvel to DC itself. Um, Teen Titans, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to watch this in there, but someone did point out that Will Arnett not only voices Deathstroke, but also Lego Batman in the DC universe. Yeah, and even before you make that connection... Um, the kind of the humor does feel a little bit like the Lego movie, but I don't think this movie is going to perform quite, quite as well. Uh-huh. Cause I mean, Lego is like a big global toy brand that has like all of these established like games and properties and is in everybody's household. And it, like, it had a team, good story. Like it had yeah. a good heart. This just looks like a, you know, jokes for jokes sake. Yeah. It's almost like the Lego movie meets like Deadpool, but then slap like a PG rating on it. And then hopefully the audience that watches Teen Titan. I mean, like this is a weird kind of property to push the people that have don't really watch cartoons or Cartoon Network or have never seen the Teen Titans Go show before at all. It's just it's kind of very strange. Uh, but I mean, uh, good for it. I mean, this how, how often do you see 2D animated films make it to the big screen well, so well, from from an animated tv show to begin with it's not even yeah it, it, the jump was great the reveal of and nicholas cage's super, voicing superman was pretty fun <laughs> jimmy kimmel's voicing batman they unveiled that in this trailer as well um I, i've just got to say the jokes they, they worked for me and i just needed that like i don't need to take a movie seriously because after watching infinity war I could use a lighthearted movie. I need something to rinse that taste out. Yeah, exactly. And, and Teen Titans go to the movie. It seems like that kind of show where I can sit down. I don't have to know anything going in. I just got to know they're going to make jokes about how they didn't save anything, but they did save room for dessert, Mike. <laughs> yeah, it seems like we might be pleasantly surprised by this movie. I, I think this is – I'm going to turn it – I'm just going to turn off the brain and just take in the jokes because they even make a de- – I can't believe they made a Deadpool joke for like – 15 to 20 seconds <laughs> like that was what really kind of caught me off guard because i'm mm-hmm. like are they gonna yeah they're gonna oh they're gonna bash the green lantern movie too that's two ryan reynolds properties in one <laughs> go. so um uh, 
I'm I'm gonna check this out in theaters, Mike. I'm I'm gonna be honest wow, with you. Wow, look at you, Chris. Well, I'm glad. I I hope this does really well at the box office because I'd love to see more 2D animated stuff make it to the big screen. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully not a sequel to this, but at least more of it, at least. Yeah. But in something that you shared with me this week, because I was out working uh, and, and didn't have internet access, but the the DC DC and Warner Brothers have announced their streaming service finally. And the name is right on the nose. <laughs> they call it the DC Universe. Yeah. And that is all we know. We don't know pricing. We don't know release dates. But we do know some of the shows in production, and at least two of these are surprising to me. Yeah, uh, yeah. They're basically kind of uh, announced, I would say, almost title cards for these for these shows. Uh, uh-huh. Two of them we already knew right up front. So the Titan show that we've been talking about, created yep. from the same studio that's making Arrow, The Flash, and all those films. I mean, we've already seen um, set photos for Titan, so seeing the title reveal wasn't wasn't that exciting. It, I, I'm pretty sure it's the same font as like they use on the Robin comic books or something like that. Yeah, it's really possibly. close to that. Yeah, and then we saw the the Young Justice Outsiders season three title card pop up. It was just nice to see that again in the news because I feel like I've hadn't haven't had any news for this animated show that I'm really looking forward to. Uh-huh. I think that I might see there. I have a strong feeling that there's probably going to be a panel at Comic Con this year for it, and then I might be able to see some footage. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, and then also a Harley Quinn animated series, which I feel like. Maybe we haven't talked about on the show before, but I feel like I've heard about it. I've not. Um, this is the first I'd heard of it. I assume this is one of those DC Harley Quinn movies that the, of the eighteen they've got in production or whatever. They're like, oh yeah, I guess it's hard to keep track of all the Harley Quinn properties. And I was on. like, oh, they're gonna just take one of those movies and make it a a, a streaming service exclusive movie. So uh-huh. you you'd have to go there to watch this new Harley Quinn movie, and they don't have to spend all the money to put it in the theaters, kind of thing. Uh-huh. That was my guess, but you say it's an animated series, and we don't have any looks of the animated characters or designs at all. Just the uh, was it neon Harley Quinn on what looks to be like cracked concrete or something like that. Yeah. So, but I'm I'm loving all of this animated love that's coming yeah. to the streaming world and the big screen. This is all all good news uh, for me. But I think the last one is kind of the more newsworthy announcement that we have not heard anything about, where they're making a live action. Swamp Thing series for the DC Universe uh, streaming service, and uh, James Wan is going to executive produce it. That this was shocking to me, Chris. Well, this one came. I think this was the last bit of news that officially came out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, that Swamp Thing is live action. So they've got two live action shows that we know of that with title cards here: Titans and Swamp Thing, and then Harley Quinn and Justly Outsiders. Um, or not, not just Young Justice Outsiders is the animated. So this is. This is crazy because, I mean, we've had Swamp Thing movies before, I believe. I'm going to look it up real quick. I believe it's like 80s or 90s when they did a Swamp Thing movie. Yeah, maybe. 82. And, 82, yeah. And then last year we had some test footage leak for what Swamp Thing would have looked like, I, I believe, in Justice, what, League, Justice Dark. League Dark. Yeah. So I looked that up just the other day. Uh, that's still out there online. You can just uh, Google it and find it. So it's kind of cool to imagine something like that making it to live action. I would think that that's got to be a pretty decent budget for a show like that to pull off you, Swamp Thing because there's a whole lot going on with that character. That's a fully CG-realized uh, thing there. I mean, yeah, you could probably do some practical effects, maybe if he's like throwing a vine or like a tree or something like that. But uh, I feel like him from head to toe, he's supposed to be massive. I mean, a practical suit could look really cool, but I would think there's got to be a whole lot of uh, special effects, computer effects in well, that show. I'm I'm thinking if I know DC, they're gonna take one of those approaches where Swamp Thing is kind of in the background. And like he's not in there all the time. Oh, like he's maybe not they're the gonna main take that, character. They're gonna take that uh, that uh, Spawn movie approach that's coming out. <laughs> yeah, like he like like kind of like they did this with one of the Punisher comic books where the Punisher it focused on the cop who was like trying to track down the Punisher and like kind of dealing with that. But he was like the Punisher was still there going through his stuff. But um, Swamp Thing has recently got some good um, some good comic books recently, and I think they might be pulling from some of those to. Yeah. modern I think, stories yeah i think one of the more popular storylines is was written by what alan moore I uh, think alan that... moore uh, lynn wine created it and um i'm trying I, I i couldn't tell you off the top of my head man it's it's been a minute but yeah uh, i i just i really uh attached myself to this news because swamp thing is such a, a weird interesting type of character to develop for like a live screen adaptation 
and I, I just love the idea of how it's going to get executed. And I would hope, you know, DC Universe is trying to position this streaming app, you know, for the public and to really get out ahead of this uh, DC app, which is probably going to crush them, honestly, just by catalog alone. So I would hope a DC Universe would just be like, okay, we, we have a little bit of a gamble here. We need to spend a lot of money to make sure that the Swamps Thing show is really, really good. You know, it's got to go above and beyond what we're seeing on the CW for sure. And I'm sure it's probably only going to be like a 10 episode run, but I hope they inject a ton of money into it. Like I'm talking like Game of Thrones budget here. Give me like just an amazing Swamp Thing show that we would never see otherwise. Like it's only because it's premiering on like a brand new streaming network that is probably going to get the love that it probably would never get. Yeah. Speaking of love, it'll probably won't get the other show that was uh, announced to be in production, not fully with a title card, is the Metropolis show. Oh, we did talk to, about this. That was going <laughs> to be we? on a network as going over to the DC Universe streaming service. And what was this show supposed to be about? Like Superman's not in it. Yeah, no, right? Clark Kent and um, Lex Luthor, or not Clark Kent, uh, Lois Lane and Lex Luthor, like I think pre Superman or something like that. I, I don't know. Uh, God, um, that sounds. There's boring. no Superman in it, which is weird. But um, but that's how they've been doing. If if it does come through, it'll be on the DC Universe, not on a network television. Which I, is- I get. What are we supposed to maybe um, temper our our hatred for this possible idea? Because we thought the Krypton show yeah. was be the awful, but we've been hearing good things about I it. Keep even hearing we're more not and good things. It. Like I'm like every week. I'm like oh man, this is crazy. How do they do this? So I'm like, damn it. You were wrong. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, like, Krypton, an alien planet with, like, uh, a cool-looking brainiac that we've seen in the trailers, you know, possible super-powered people on Krypton. General Zod, I think, is in the newest episode as well, so... But then you got Metropolis pre-Superman. It's just like, uh, all right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's like Smallville without Superman, and it kind of didn't have Superman. Um, well, I mean, what I'm thinking here is, and, and the biggest conversation is, and you you put this out there even as well, how much do you pay for the DC Universe uh, mm-hmm. monthly, Mike? Because, again, if we happen to pull all the DC TV shows and movies out there, including all the animated stuff and all the old up-to-Batman 66 things, if they can get them, into one package, what do you pay for that if, if we do get everything? Yeah, so this one is also really curious in the fact that this is this is titled DC. So like it's not like we're going to get, you know, random like series. This is all going to be based on hero type stuff. Uh, most of the streaming apps that I'm subscribed to is just roughly in the ballpark of $15. You know, you got HBO, Spotify, Hulu. I think Netflix is technically a little bit cheaper, but I wouldn't be surprised if one day Netflix cranks it up to 15 um, You know, when Disney was talking about their streaming app, they said that they were going to price it according to their catalog, which they that they admitted would be uh, slightly smaller. But now since they bought Fox, I don't know, maybe they bumped that up. But I think we were guessing maybe like nine ninety nine or possibly like seven ninety nine for for Disney at one point in time. I would think DC's got to go at least the same or below, like maybe six ninety nine. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, depending on if they give all the content, I could see them saying nine ninety nine if that includes movies. Mm-hmm. Um, if no, there's no movies and there's only like a limited amount of catalog there, I mean, five bucks a month to, to get it would be okay. I also see them doing like an introduction price where there's like, oh, join now for $5 if you prepay for a year or three months or something yeah. like that. This almost seems like one of those bolt-ons, kind of like when you're on the Amazon Prime page um, and they say, oh, add on Showtime or add on HBO. I feel like I'm going to see, oh, add on DC Universe for, you know, $6.99, 5 uh, I'm, I still really want to watch some of these shows, but it's going to be hard for me to justify it if it's over $10. I, I definitely agree. I think if it was $10 and I wanted to watch a show, I would join, watch that show, then cancel. Mm-hmm. Um, if they want to, me to, to keep it, I think they're going to have to rotate the content or at least offer you know, new stuff. Like I think where a lot of streaming services fail is not offering bonus content, like director commentaries and like deleted scenes for stuff. Yeah, I would love to see a streaming service that's that's all in on DC, nothing else. Give us some of that extra stuff you put on your DVDs or Blu-ray releases or online. I want to see that stuff because I think that would add value to it 
rather mm-hmm. than just the shows to watch, I guess. Yeah, and then you could pivot yourself as the only streaming service that has these extra stuff, and you could kind of push forward the competition, and maybe we would see that stuff come to Netflix as well. Because, I mean, even with, like, a Netflix, like, original movie, why can't they do special features, you know? Why yeah. do I have to go to YouTube to find that, you know? Just put it in the app. It's, like, right there, man. Yeah, or um, director commentary. Like, just change the audio input to director mm-hmm. commentary. Like, it's not that it's not that hard. The, the technology is there. They just haven't done it yet. And I think, you know, we need that little extra. Because without those things, why? what's going to stop me from buying, you know, the, the full version by itself rather than mm-hmm. going to the streaming service? Because it comes, even iTunes has special features. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think, I, think, I think we're agreeing between $5 and $10 depending on the content here. So um, it sounds like you're going to get it to see J- Young Justice. Right oh, yeah, day? for sure. Okay. Yeah, I uh, I gotta see if maybe they have the um, the old um, Batman animated series. That would be interesting to see. Oh yeah, that would be great. Or at least some some Blu-ray 1080 versions of maybe the old Batman movies. Like just the uh, I want the entire animated catalog because I love DC's animated stuff. I want the entire animated catalog, yeah. whether it's movies or TV shows, um, the Justice League TV show, you know, all that stuff. Just put it all on there. Yeah, I would probably watch it more if I... I mean, I would want to catch up on some of those things a little quicker. I mean, I, uh-huh. did you ever watch the 3D Green Lantern that was on Cartoon Network? Uh, I feel like I've maybe seen the CGI one, or two. one. Yeah, I actually I've, really enjoyed that one. That was really cool. Hmm. So I would, I would join it just to watch that again. So um, there we go. DC Universe come around the corner, Mike. Uh, when do you think it's going to drop? Christmas um, next year? I think it's going to be in the fall. Okay. All right. Well, hopefully Comic Con brings us some news. Spawn, the movie that you keep calling Venom or whatever, uh, <laughs> I don't know, is eyeing Jamie Foxx for the lead role. Oh. What do you think so would that you be Jamie Foxx back or in would the that, lead role Spawn? Would that be for the Spawn or just for like one of those lead detectives? The Spawn. Kinda, okay, gotcha. Uh, I mean, that would be cool. I just watched the movie trailer. What was it? It was a Robin Hood movie trailer that Jamie Foxx is in. Oh, yeah, like, with uh, the guy from uh, yeah, Kingsman. T- t- Taron Edgerton. I'm just like, Jamie yeah. Foxx, what are you doing in these movies? No one's going to watch Robin Hood, just like nobody watched uh, King Arthur except for you, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was free, so I might as well. Yeah, sure, Jamie Foxx is cool. I mean, he he was, he was performed a very specific kind of electro that just wasn't supposed to be in that type of Spider-Man movie. Well, that's but because it, Mark Webb got the job because his last name was Webb, like a spider. <laughs> I mean, that's that was really it. So. Yeah, but yeah, no, that's cool. I'm I'm fine with Jamie Foxx's Spawn. That'd be that'd be awesome. Yeah, um, that also throws back to the '90s version of Spawn, where um, Spawn was played by Michael J. White. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it's I I don't know the character, but I believe the character is normally uh, African American before he becomes spawn so uh-huh. uh, i'm glad they're they're keeping up with that you know so uh yeah he'd be fine i think i don't know if he wants to do it but he could probably do it westworld have you been watching it we're two two episodes in yeah episode yes i i am connected to the westworld i'm not because that's, i had issues reconnecting my hbo and it was a pain <laughs> in the ass so i i'm i'm still a little bit behind but they've already announced a season three renewal for westworld meaning after Game of Thrones is said and done next year. Westworld will continue on. So, I mean, not su- not surprising. Uh, I don't feel like Westworld can really hold the same mantle as Game of Thrones did. So, I hope HBO is still aggressively trying to find their like kind of killer show. Uh, Westworld just has like a different style of burn to it. And I, it, there's only two episodes in, but um, I feel like this season has been a little bit slower. Like, um, you know, we had like that big, like, uh, we had that big finale last season. I feel like we've we're kind of like stumbling and it's a, a little slow to kind of get back up. So we'll have to see how it, how it kind of peters on, but yeah, I'm hoping for some excitement. Well, I think, tonight. I mean, I think the first season overall is a slow roll until you're like episode three or four and then you're like, I'm in. Yeah. Uh, well, so that kind of makes, that kind of makes sense for the first season. Cause you're kind of getting comfortable with the park, how things work, but we all know how everything works now. So let's just get crazy with it. Well, I'm hoping one of them, I know they, they've kind of teased, um, samurai world or Shogun mm-hmm. world. I'm hoping one of the other ones is possibly Wayne's world. Um, <laughs> I would love to see that. So. Oh, Chris, I definitely want to end the show after you mention Wayne's world. <laughs> yeah. So there we go. We're going to end the show just, now. Just because it's, um, it's a ridiculous thought, but I love Wayne's World. It is. It's, <laughs> it's uh, excellent party time. 
Okay, we can end the show now, Mike. People want to know what you're up to. Where can they find you at? Well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram and Twitter, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to keep up with you, see what you're doing. Where can they find you? You can trimming find me your weeds, trimming my weeds, eating my weeds, if you will. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Valdan V A L D A N or on Instagram Valdan eighty seven. Uh, also, head over to Comic UI. Every week, we put out one of our C two E two interviews. Kind of space them out a little bit. Uh, we'll be going. I'll be going to Motor City Comic Con uh, in two weekends, Mike. Weekend of Deadpool. So we're gonna work that out. And um, um, we'll be doing some interviews and some stuff there. Uh, if you guys, you know, uh, want to listen to anything else, you know, I'm right, I'm right here every week. Like, <laughs> we we do a review episode. I'm trying to. I want people like we have all our review episodes. If you want to listen to our reviews, you can find us here. So, uh, and these AM episodes are lunch episodes for you. They're weird for us, man. Yeah, I know. We got a, we got a different energy. That's for I'm, sure. I am like thirsty. I'm I don't know why I'm <laughs> so thirsty right now, but I need a drink. Um, but anyway, Mike, uh, if people are listening just for the first time, want to know more about those review episodes, where can they find us at? Well, as always, please visit SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best place to find all the avenues we host our show and to get our awesome show notes. So if you want to see that track list for Deadpool, we got that in the show notes. If you want the link to the new Ant-Man and the Lost trailer, we got that in the show notes. Uh, if you want to see that um, those title cards for all those DC Universe shows, we got those. That's right, in the show notes. So you can find us on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, tune in stitcher you can like us on facebook follow us on twitter and instagram and you can get merch at superheroslate.com slash store we got like t-shirts hoodies whatever the weather for your region is we got a logo slapped on it for you. That's right. um, if you if you're a fan of the show please consider leaving us a review uh we love that we love hearing from you we love the the likes the comments the retweets even if you say i'm wrong and i reply back to you saying i'm gonna fight you I love that as well. So if you want to be a super fan of the show, all you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, and we will be here every week. And our next spoiler cast is Deadpool 2, so make sure you're subscribed. We'll be talking about that. And also, sounds like we're going to be talking about the season finale, possibly series finale of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So stay tuned, uh, stay connected, stay subscribed, and we'll be here. That's right. Sounds good. So I'm going to go grab me a drink, Mike, and I'll let you get ready for the day, and we'll catch you guys next week. All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. I'm leaving you at home, bastard child. Which really what it feels like sometimes. <laughs>